Tell what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well That's the sound of a party about to Welcome, happen Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza Known internationally Hi, as the famous Smoking and Toasting the world famous smoking and world toast. famous even nice to have you guys on board uh, for show number three hundred. Is it three twenty nine or is it three thirty? Um, you know, I think it's two thirty. We're about to record. Okay, well, <laughs> fair enough. Thank you. I'm just joking. <laughs> it, 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 it's a big show, and we're just weeks away from the three hundred and thirty third. Yes, show. that's so crazy, isn't yeah. it? So this must be three thirty. Because we got, yes, we, we got, got three weeks. weeks. Yeah, we got three weeks until the big anniversary show. Three and weeks. I'm, I'm really stoked about it. Uh, our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. Uh, my co host, Mr. Ian Barry. Welcome, sir. That guy's crazy. We got Terry Michaels uh, on the Wheels of Steel, and Adam is our producer in the cloud. And we are thrilled to be coming to you this week to talk about on today's show how craft beer has changed and the best whiskeys under 50 bucks. So if Best you're a cheapskate, under fifty bucks. If you're a cheapskate like me, you're gonna love this show. I am. I am in the throes great. right now. Yeah, see, in the throes. I like to put that uh, in the throes right now. Of- uh, uh, putting together a show of uh, the best bottom shelf whiskey. Now that's going to be fun, and and so in order to do this, though, this is what I was thinking because you you and I were talking about this uh, off off mic uh, a week or two ago, and I thought in order for us to do a a bottom shelf whiskey blind taste test. It means you and I are going to have to buy a lot of whiskeys that we might not really be all that interested in finishing once the show is over. That's true, but uh, so in my case, I have a brew club, and I will just drop that stuff off there. And oh, it and will and those, at some point. Those guys will drink it. Okay, it will at enough. some point get drank. I may give you a few things to take <laughs> so, over. So I mean, like we're, we're going to have to have like uh, like ten or twelve bottles. It's going to cost us like almost a hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to money well spent, uh, as they say. Uh, We want to start the show today with, uh, as we do from time to time, a mystery beverage. And I actually poured this before the show, so I hope it's not. I hope it's not too warm. It feels uh, feels chilled. It's as long as I've been sitting by a block of ice. Just there, there are a couple bubbles in it. Even yes, it is. It is something that is somewhat bubbly. It smells fruity. It does smell fruity. A little. It smells like peach. Yeah, Yeah, very peachy. All right, so sight unseen. Uh, sight unseen. Here we go. Okay, taking a little know. taste. So I'm assuming you already know what this is because mm-hmm. we don't know. I do because I poured it. Um, so um, what do you think? It's like a. Um, it tastes like a uh, like a box of white wine that sat out for an extra day. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessarily a positive review. It's you drinkable. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. But it literally tastes like like cheap white wine to me, like that's been sitting out too long. I like the flavor, but I don't like the aftertaste. It has that Zima aftertaste to me. It does not have the Zima bubbles, or we wouldn't be able to drink it or talk afterwards because we'd be burping. <laughs> not for sure. It does have a few bubbles, but not as much. So, <laughs> so, so give me I, a minute. I have, I have no idea what this could possibly be because it's mostly flat, and it tastes kind of whiny. Like in a peach wine kind of way. What do we have here? High noon sun sips, vodka and soda. Yep. Peach. Yep. Made. So this is a canned cocktail. Made with real juice. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that reminds me when I was a kid. Uh, we used to have uh, we used to drink high C at my house. My mom would buy those cans of high C back when they came in a in a big can, and uh, we would drink it, uh, you know, for instead of Kool Aid or whatever. And I always remember very proudly, they advertise on the side of the can contains ten percent real fruit juice. I'm like, you're proud of that? Ten percent, really? So, so a couple things about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think the flavor overall is all that bad. Like, it Mm-mm. does literally taste like cheap wine left over. Cheap peach wine. Cheap peach wine left over. <laughs> uh, it says, High Noon Sun Sips, made with real vodka, real fruit juice, and sparkling water. The mm-hmm. easy drinking, always socializing, um, great tasting, sun toasting, blue sky celebrating, memory making, awesomeness in a can. Wow, they're really, really. Yeah, they're working it. They're, they're working. like, okay, guys, guys, we need we words. We need some more words. <laughs> hey, do you have any words? Awesomeness. I like blue, it. Good. Blue We're sky making. <laughs> blue sky. <laughs> <laughs> Loud noises. Um, <laughs> it says, get out and enjoy. Um, here's the thing. This does not have that artificial sweetener aftertaste. See, I get a little bit of that. That uh, that you get in. Um, it's not as bad as seltzers. In the, uh, hard seltzers. seltzers right? Those are bad. There's almost no carbonation. Like, I literally hard poured this. So there's a tiny bit comes off. Check this out. If you can see this in the video. Yeah. Like, it that comes up. for a second and then gone. And then by the time you get it to your mouth, it's very, very little. Um I assume that if you had this in a in a in a glass with some ice, it might be more interesting. I think it would be best if it were so cold it was almost frozen. You know what I mean? Like then you would that, have a little of that bite to it. That may be. That may be. Yeah. I would probably add vodka to this. <laughs> you know, vodka and soda. You go, hold on. You got a vodka that, drink here. Not that hard to make. By you got a way. vodka and soda drink here that's coming in at four point five percent. I would definitely add vodka. Oh to yeah, this. for sure. Like, give me at least like a fourteen percent, like yeah. a wine, right? But vodka soda. I mean, that is one of the easiest drinks in the world to make. And if you wanted to, yeah, but this is vodka with, peach soda. There's, uh, well, there's another say, level. You want to squeeze a little peach juice in there? That'd probably be all right. <laughs> anyway, I, I I don't understand the canned cocktail movement. I I I can't I can't figure it out. I mean, I I only I don't I would only understand like you're going to the beach. You got a cooler. Not everybody wants beer. You grab a few of those so that there'll be something to That's, take because you're not going to be. My wife drinks a couple of them, yeah, but she's very selective about the ones she has. Yeah, but other than that, like if, if you're just like hanging out at home, why not just pour yourself a vodka soda? Yeah. Agreed. That's that's a drink I can actually make. And, and it's you know? going to be better. It's going to yeah. be substantially better. It's going to taste better. It's going to be more than you know? 4%. Or if you're like me and you want a good mixed drink, why don't you just <laughs> get, pour a whiskey and put an ice in it? Yeah, and that's how you mix uh, your, that's a your whiskey drinks. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Works for me. Well, uh, <laughs> but, but I will say this. As these things go, this is not bad. Like if somebody had this at a party or whatever and I was drinking one, I wouldn't be like, oh, God, this is awful throw it out yeah it doesn't leave me with the god-awful aftertaste and i will tell you the um the one thing that i appreciate about this is it's not super sweet either it's not sickly sweet like some of those can be yes i Um, agree with you about that it's got a little bit of dryness to it so like there's there's some pluses to this i wouldn't go out and buy it personally but yep but you know hey if what we're talking about sounds like what you like Mm -hmm. you know then yeah you know please go buy some speaking of things that we like or that we hope to like uh, some interesting beers, I think, on the program today. We will be sampling from 21st Amendment Brewing in uh, San Leandro, California. We'll be trying their wheat beer that's called Hell, I love this name, Hell or High Watermelon. 
<laughs> Hell that's or a, high water. That's a great beautiful. name. Love it. Love it. From Equal Parts Brewing, we'll be trying their three seashells summer pale ale. Now, Equal Parts makes one of the best uh, uh, lagers ever called oh, uh, Lager Beer. Lager and it's beer is amazing. Great. Yeah, it is really, really good. And then uh, from the original craft brewery, Anchor Brewing in San Francisco, California, we'll be trying. They're so cool, they don't have to give their porter like some kind of fancy name. It's just called Porter. I love it. <laughs> Dude, Anchor. Yeah. Anchor is a beautiful had, thing. I've never had Anchor Porter. I've had, certainly had their Anchor I don't think Steam. I've had the Anchor I've uh, had their, Porter I've ever. I've had their either. ale, but, uh, but yeah, so I thought this would be very interesting. And a Christmas ale every year. Oh, yes. Always. That's a must. Always. Yeah, you got to try not, it. It's not Christmas without Anchor's Christmas ale, for sure. Uh, and then from uh, Tequila, Mexico, guess what we're going to sample? Some tequila. tequila? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's <laughs> nice. Siempre Tequila Añejo. We'll be trying that siempre. on the program today. Not to be confused with Siempre Azul, which we've had on the show right, before. Right, right. This is just Siempre, which is Spanish for, I'm not sure what it's siempre. Spanish for. Someone, someone can help us out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, put it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Uh, we will uh, be uh, telling you about some cigars to watch for, some interesting things coming out. Uh, we'll be giving you uh, the rundown, as I said, on best whiskeys under $50 and how craft beer has changed in the last decade. Very interesting changes. So all of that coming up, plus the uh, most popular segment on uh, Smoking and Toasting is the... Uh, is the moment that we pause for a little drinking news and our drinking news teaser headline for today. Answering the important questions. So that's a good teaser, right? Yep, yep. We'll get to the important question. So, speaking of, uh, I heard the, I heard the, what, what's, what's the word? What do they call it? The dot dot dot. After that, there's a yeah, word for that. Uh, is that ellipses? Is that, is what that it's yeah, that's a, yeah? I think that's right. Or maybe ellipses is a, like a quotation. I don't know. In, in any case, uh, we will be looking forward to uh, drinking news. Uh, and speaking of things that are important, I was wondering if you'd had an opportunity to smoke anything interesting Funny this you week. You should ask. I'm good like that. As I was going through the humidor at Casa, right around the corner from where we record the show, mm-hmm. I um. I was kicking around. I saw some cigars. I saw a little of this, a little of that. Uh, you know, but after 333 episodes, uh, that's a lot of cigars that we smoked. You're not kidding. Um, and there's always more faces and cigars come in and out. So, like, there's not always, there's always limited runs and right. things like that. So, speaking of limited runs or limited editions, uh, the Avo Uvesian Improv comes improv, in once yep. a year, comes out mm-hmm. about this time of year. Mm-hmm. Now, the one that I picked up, though, is the 2021 edition. So it's oh, okay. apparently so been there a while, a so I just years, never yeah. saw it. Cool. Um, so I picked up the 2021 limited edition improvisation. Uh, Avi Vizian was a jazz uh, pianist. Great piano player. Yeah, fantastic mm-hmm. piano player. So all have, all of the uh, Avo cigars have some sort of uh, musical, musical reference mm-hmm. to them, right? Uh, so this is the improvisation. Uh, Double Corona comes in at 7.5 inches by 50 ring gauge. So that's a pretty good size cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ecuadorian wrapper, Dominican uh, binder, Dominican filler. The appearance on this, it's a very friendly, light brown, veiny, oily, smooth leather to the touch, firm and slightly lumpy underneath that smooth leathery thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, It has two bands on it, the Avo band and then the uh, 2021 band. Uh, the pre-light sniff on this, light barnyard, sweet coffee, earth, fresh hay, hints of dark fruit all going on. Pre-light draw, I used a clip. It had a medium draw to it. Sweet, creamy coffee, cocoa powder, and leather, and hay is what I got mm-hmm. off of that. Uh, the initial light had a, it was it was basically a Nicaraguan earth bomb. Oh, earth you bomb. You know, the earthy, 
that, that volcanic Nicaraguan yes, earthy uh-huh. kind of ness that it has. It's but this doesn't have rich. Nicaraguan tobacco, does it? This has uh, like Dominican binder and filler. You were saying. It, well, you know, I'm just going with what I tasted. I hear you. I hear you. So, um, so that Nicaraguan earth bomb, nutty and sweet, hay and white pepper. Uh, Retro Hills campfire and pepper, tangy leather on the lips uh, leaves you with that flavor. The nutty and sweet earth and coffee, tangy leather and white pepper, uh, playing uh, playful notes of uh, mocha, dark fruit, wood, and a kiss of salt and sourdough. Retro Hale is nutty and woody, solid ash, perfect burn. Nice. Second third of this, woody and earthy, slightly sour and salty, sweet and nutty, sourdough bread and delicate fruity pastry happening going mm, on. Nice. Here. Um, underlying white pepper and chocolate, retrohales, nutty and woody with a touch of spices, solid ash, perfect burn. The uh, last third of this, uh, wood and sweetness ramp up and add interest to an already complex bouquet of flavors. Oaky and bitter notes keep everything in balance. The uh, retrohale is saltine cracker and oak with white pepper, solid ash, perfect burn. Mm, nice. So PVQ on this one. This one comes in at uh, $16. That's an expensive cigar. It's a big cigar, though, too. Yeah. I, I was not disappointed with how much it smoked. I give it a solid five. This is okay. complex. It's wonderful. It's delicious. At $16, it smoked like a $16 cigar. The burn was razor tight the entire time. Um, and totally worth it. Try it. Treat yourself. If you're new to the show, our uh, price to quality index is a one to 10 scale. But uh, if a cigar, we, if we give it a rating of a five, like Ian just did for this one, it means that it was worth what he paid for it yes so if he'd given it a six it'd been like saying i I wouldn't have even been upset if i had to pay a little more that's so good and if it got less than a five then yeah maybe it didn't quite match up to its uh, price tag so a five particularly for a 16 dollar cigar that's pretty awesome that's that's a good rating all right i'll tell you about what i smoked this week uh, when we come back and also we'll be getting into uh speaking of cigars cigars to watch for because there's some great ones coming it's smoking and toasting and we'll be right back Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we're those things. talking cigars right now. Ian, you had a very interesting uh, cigar this week, I thought. Uh, I had one uh, that I've never had before, uh, and I don't really know a lot about this particular cigar. It was the Crux, that's C-R-U-X, yeah, Crux, yeah, Crux Guild. That's the line inside of Crux, and this was the Toro shape. I don't know a lot about the Crux line of cigars. I saw this one. In the humidor at Specs in Midtown Houston, and my first thought was, I haven't reviewed that on the show. <laughs> so you were talking about this in your review. It's like it's like sometimes our cigar purchases are now driven more by what have we not smoked and talked about <laughs> Dude, on the show. I have to stop sometimes and, and look it up on my notes where I keep my yeah. uh, reviews and see if I I've suppose it. it wouldn't hurt us to repeat every once in a while, true, especially true. if it's been long enough. But anyway, I never reviewed this one, so... I bought it, and that's, uh, you know, I have to do that. Otherwise, I'd just be constantly telling you guys about the Olivia, uh, the Oliva Milanio or another A.J. Fernandez yeah. blend. So, you know, it is what it is. I did go to the Crux website, and I will tell you that it appears to have been designed by a nicely talented website designer. Uh, they tell us there that they are highly committed to using only the finest tobacco, so that's nice. But I really couldn't learn much about Crux, so maybe one of you guys knows something and you can uh, fill me in. I did learn that the Crux Guild, which was the cigar that I had, uses Nicaraguan tobacco for the binder and filler, and they drape it in an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper leaf. It was a very nice-looking cigar, light brown, slightly mottled-looking wrapper, fairly smooth. Uh, the pre-light aromas were 
were mild notes of earth and a slight hint of baking spice, oh. which is kind of interesting on the on the pre-light. You don't mm-hmm. often get that. Uh, I used a punch, and I lit up the Crux Guild, and it, I did not get a Nicaraguan pepper blast. But it did take the guild a moment or two to kind of settle in where I could start detecting some of the flavors. What I did get was earth in a pretty big way and coffee, although not the typical coffee note that you normally get from a cigar. This is more like a cup of coffee with a lot of cream and sugar in it. Ah. It was that kind of uh, flavor. Creamier, touch of sweetness, and less of that coffee bean vibe. At about a half inch in, the cigar sort of found its footing and started to give me more of what I would expect from Nicaraguan tobacco. The pepper arrived uh, in a big enough way to leave a tang on the tongue, and it kind of took over as the dominant note, although I still got earth and a bit of that baking spice that I thought I picked up on the pre-light. The draw was excellent, and the burn was exceptional, almost a straight line, and an ash that held on so well I was really tempted to not flick it off. But I did about an inch and a half in because I was wearing one of my favorite shirts at the time, and I just knew, you know. Uh, pepper continued in the second third, and the Guild developed a thick sort of a savory, meaty aroma to it. I know that's a weird thing to describe for a cigar, but I really don't know how to put it in No, that happens. Bullion and uh, meat, yeah. that happens. Notes of mesquite and leather danced with the pepper, <clears throat> replacing that baking spice. The Crux Guild Toro started out medium to full in strength, but interestingly— backed off a little in the final third, which is the opposite of what I'm kind of used right, to. Right, right. Uh, pepper was still there and uh, still the primary note, but not as dominant as before. And I got a nice tea leaf note on the finish, which was very enjoyable. Primary thing that I enjoyed about the cigar was that it was different than what I expected. I got a little less of that earthy vibe than I thought I would from the Ecuadorian Habana wrapper. And pepper, while it was still the primary note, was different from most Nicaraguan cigars that I have had. I can't say enough about how solid the construction was. The Crux Guild burned perfectly all the way down and gave me no issues of any kind. And I think that's remarkable from a more boutique line of cigars. Yeah, yeah. Because you always wonder, you know, how are they going to be able to find it's rollers It's satisfying and stuff. when you yeah, get to the yeah. end of that cigar and it's been yep. razor tight. Absolutely. Overall, I liked it. Different from my usual smokes. Not necessarily something I'll go out and buy a box of and stock humidor with, but a very enjoyable smoke. At 9 to 10 bucks a stick, I had no complaints. I wasn't necessarily blown away, but I had no real complaints. So uh, recommend it for something different. Price to quality, right out of five for me nice. for this one. So nice. it, it was worth it. Like I said, different and not not maybe my favorite actual blend of flavors, but but very enjoyable, particularly because it was so easy to smoke. A couple just, of fives today yeah, on uh, yeah, so, cigar experiences yeah, so, in, in different price ranges. Yeah, too. absolutely. And you know what? Uh, whenever, whenever we're talking, you know, price to quality, I always think it's pretty remarkable to get a five. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it always feels like things are a little bit overpriced these days. Man, everything's going up. I know. It really is true. <laughs> All right. Uh, everything's going up except our salaries, but we're still here, and we'll be back in a few moments to start talking to you about uh, how craft beer has changed. It's Smoking a Toast, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. We are uh, all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars, and we are thrilled to have you guys enjoying the show with us. Thank you very much. Uh, so, there's something really interesting happening in uh, in beer right now. Ian, corporate brewing, big beer, is beginning to send craft back where it belongs. Now, this is not. Now, a- I, we had a. Uh, we had a. We sure did. Uh, a thing about this was uh, there was a in, in Oregon mm-hmm. maybe uh, someone mm-hmm. got someone bought back their brewery from that's AB ex- that's exactly right that happened and 
it was um, yes, it, uh, I can't remember the uh, the name of the brewery. It was Appalachian Mountain Brewery. That's it. Yeah, I had it in the story here. Uh, they bought their brewery back from Anheuser Busch. Now, Constellation I Brands. They, I wonder if they bought it back at the same price, or uh, I bet they bought it back for less. That would be amazing. Check this Good out for them. Constellation Brands. Is getting out of the craft beer business. The company has also seen good for them. Great, the, the success of its import business, Modelo, Pacifico, and Corona, as what it should focus on, and they've made a few surprising sales. They paid a billion dollars just a few years ago for Ballast Point. Wow, a billion with a B. A ballast dollars. Point. That's one of the best mm-hmm. IPA. Breweries in the world. It, it certainly was, and at they the time. make other stuff. Yeah, but dang. Ballast Point has been sold to Kings and Convicts Brewing in Chicago for a fraction of the billion dollar price Man, that they for paid them. for it. And Kings Bring it back. Ballast Point's been floundering since Constellation took them over. They currently produce about two hundred thousand barrels, less than half of what it brewed at its peak in twenty sixteen, when it produced a record a reported four hundred and thirty one thousand barrels of beer. Huge layoffs in the sales and marketing team most likely led to that drop off, and it's been reported that employee Employee morale nosedived, uh, and interest in the uh, the what brand. Where did they buy it? Do we have that information? Twenty sixteen, because we saw them like they came no, on our show immediately no, after it, that. It wasn't uh, actually. It wasn't twenty sixteen. That was when they did their their record amount. So it was twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. We yeah. had them on before they were sold. Right before they were sold, and yeah. then we had uh, we had the representative back again because they still held on to. Uh, their spirits company, and he right. came in and had some of their spirits. And right. stuff. but now they've been sold to Kings and uh, uh, Kings and Convicts, which is a great brewery yep. out of Chicago. And so this is this is really uh, exciting. According to people familiar with the matter, prices as low as a hundred million dollars for the brand and brewery were in discussion. So hundred million dollars is a lot of money, but it's nothing compared to one billion. Wow, like yeah. that is pennies. Yeah, for sure, for sure, to the dollar. And both Funky Buddha and Four Corners Brewing. Have been sold back to their original owners. I love. I can't wait to see what happens. This mm-hmm. is exa- this is actually really exciting to me. I love like, this. This makes me. Beer. This makes yeah. me happy. If only this will continue. I mean, think about how incredible it would be to see Goose Island and Wicked Weed return to their original Could you owners. Even imagine uh, that would be so great. And their former glory. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah we can only hope. As for Ballast Point. This was an incredibly innovative brewery before it was sold, and the new owners are vowing that they will get Ballast Point back, the Ballast brewers Points, back to that kind of mentality. Ballast Point's IPAs were some of the best in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, absolutely, like you could one hundred percent get any Ballast Point and be and like, "This is going to be amazing." Sculpin, oh unbelievable! My God, yeah. that's a good beer. Yeah, 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 and I haven't had one in forever. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because because. Uh, I think back and I'm like, man, I haven't had one in years. And there's a reason. I forgot about that. Yeah. There's a reason that I stopped looking mm-hmm. at those. Right, exactly. They were always a little pricier yeah. than the other six packs by a dollar or two. You know what I mean? Like if you could pick up a six pack of whatever IPA for, you know, uh, you know, Twelve ninety nine. It was thirteen ninety nine. You know what I mean? You know, uh, so so I find most beers, uh, most beers <coughs> are ten to eleven dollars for a six pack right now. Right. Uh, when I see one for um, nine dollars. It doesn't influence me that much. It's right because if I'm within three to four dollars, I'm just gonna buy what I want. I'm not gonna really make that 
a, a budget choice. I have noticed that. Now, it's different if it's like a $15 right. or a $6, uh, you know, right. uh, six-pack. And I, here's a weird thing. Six dollar six pack. You're like, what? Who sells a six pack? What's, what's wrong with it? <laughs> uh, Lone Star. Yeah. Uh, if you buy uh, two six packs of Lone Star Tall Boys, yeah, they're six dollars each. Wow. Ish. Yeah. Right. And it's cheaper to buy two six packs of Lone Star Tall Boys than it is to buy a twelve pack. Yeah. Figure that out. Of right? twelve ounce cans. <laughs> figure that out. Uh, anyway, it's, it's so the when I'm being budget minded, I'm going to go that route instead of well, you know, also, save that one or two dollars. I've also noticed that with like St. Arnold or Eureka Heights, those are two breweries that are here in our yeah, area yeah. and so our stores have a tendency to stock quite a bit of the different right, uh, right. selections in their line and i've noticed that some of their beers will be a dollar or two higher per six pack than the rest and i i think that it has to do with the amount of hops or the type of hops well that they have yeah to the use ingredients in one, you know? but i mean like a better restaurant costs more and you never guess that you right. never second guess that <laughs> exactly you, just you don't go, go well at mcdonald's i can get this burger for this much you know <laughs> it's a pretty good i mean come on it's a very good point <laughs> so like there's there's a perceived value you're getting in any mm -hmm. of that and one of the things that the macro brews struggle with is their perceived values because they could undercut anybody well and like 100 percent, they could undercut anybody but they can't put their prices that lower people will just think Oh, it's cheap beer, so and then the, they won't buy it anymore. So this is going to be interesting because uh, due to the controversy and the boycotts uh, of Bud Light, because they did the uh, uh, marketing campaign with the transgender influencer, the right wing got all up in arms about it and said, we're boycotting Bud Light. Well, they're feeling that a little bit right now. And one of the things that is being talked about... I just deleted my uh, show notes. That I was that was a that. terrible thing. Uh, one of the things that's being talked about is that they may use price drops to try to bring it back. Oh, so well, you can buy anybody, that. right? So think about that. Bud Light could drop to, like, what, eight ninety nine a, a six-pack? the opposite of this worked with uh, Obama for his second election. Remember when he held out and he held out and his, his uh, view on gay marriage was uh, developing is the right, word he right. used the yep, whole time? Yep. Um, and then right before his election, he's like, okay, we're for gay majors. So all of a sudden, everybody's happy that was for it and they voted for him and stuff like that. That is absolutely, and I don't care which side of that you're on, that is absolutely manipulation. The fact that Bud Light used uh, a transgender person, listen, if you've got nothing better in your life than to worry about the fact that there's a transgender person talking about right, Bud Light, right. then, man, you must have a really nice life because I don't care. <laughs> I totally. I see. I'm totally with you on that. And it's funny because <laughs> I was somewhere the other day at, at a restaurant and I was like, hey, do you guys have any beer on your list that isn't from Anheuser-Busch? And then I thought, oh, they're going to think I'm boycotting because of the the transgender i could care less about that right yeah but so so i decided to say do you have any uh uh ipas that aren't uh uh, uh macro brew macro or... brew yeah exactly yeah. uh but anyway it's it's that, that was what i wanted to get to talk about but the reality is if bud light goes into the price game that's good. I think that will further damage their brand. It's going to further damage it because once Bud Light becomes, well, so if they put on a series of sales and then bring it back up later, that's probably what they're going to have to do because mm -hmm. uh, the only thing the only thing about lowering your price is once you lower your price, then you have this perceived value of, oh, well, that's $5 a six-pack. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay, I'll buy it there. But then when it goes up to 7 Back to where it is now for macro brews, uh, you might be like, mm, you know, for two dollars more, I can get. 
dot right. dot dot right. ellipsis exactly. whatever we call it. I'm just absolutely like beside myself that I inadvertently deleted my show notes. Do, do I need to? Do <laughs> yeah, I need can to pull you yes. can you send them back to me? Can you forward them to me? That's unbelievable. I'm sitting here just floundering uh, because all my notes well, are gone. Why is that so funny to me? I don't know. But in any case, while you're doing that, let me tell you a little bit about uh, some cigars that you might want to watch for. And you actually texted me about this one. Yeah, over the, over well, the did weekend. you already have? I didn't know you sent you sent a I'm on it thing, yep. but I didn't know if it was. Something I had actually you already just, had it. I had actually just gotten that uh, doing the show notes, and uh, and it, what we're talking about that we're both very excited about is EP Carrillo Cigars is poised to launch a new limited edition line honoring the creation of the United States. Do you know States. what I love about EPC cigars? What every freaking every freaking thing. thing. Yeah. They don't make a bad cigar. They're so good. Their new one is Ernesto, going to be called. I love you, baby. The EP Carrillo Play. Edge of Allegiance 2023, and it combines the names of two of the company's highly rated cigars, yes, Pledge and, and Allegiance. Allegiance. Yes. And it harkens back to the day when a young Ernesto Perez Carrillo arrived in the United States from San Cristobal, Cuba. He was only seven years old when he got on that Pan Am flight from Cuba to Miami. Wow. It was 1959. Before his eighth birthday, he flew alone, dressed in a suit and a hat and a tie, and came to the States with the American dream. They want to highlight that whole idea and patriotism with the Pledge of Allegiance cigar. That is a beautiful thing. You remember mm -hmm. when uh, when you'd go on a flight and you would get dressed up for it? Like it yeah. was an event? Oh, it was yeah, a thing. big time. That was back when you actually had a little bit of uh, uh, room in the seat on your... Uh, uh, on your on your yeah flight. yeah yeah you you actually had uh, you could wiggle your toes yep. you could you could like sit next to somebody without like you know so um, my mom bless her heart she's getting a little old and she goes <laughs> she goes I think I, I don't want to fly anymore I'm always sitting next to some hairy guy with some big hairy arms it takes up too much room I was like mom you're always flying next to me <laughs> right it's <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> The uh, cigars, by the way, are going to be box-pressed. They're going to be heavy in their use of American tobaccos. Uh, the wrapper will be Connecticut Broadleaf. The binder will be Connecticut Seed Ecuadorian. And the filler will be a mix of tobaccos from the United States, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic. So oh, look for them middle, middle of June. Uh, be man, uh, Ernesto show. can do no wrong in my eyes. He's so good. Like yep, all absolutely. the cigars, man. I love the inch is still one of my favorites, man. Go to. And that, uh, that Pledge cigar? Oh, man, if this mm. one's anywhere near as good and as allegiance, that, it's going to be uh, incredible. Yeah. All right. Time for a little Hell or High Watermelon. Hell or High Watermelon. From 21st Amendment Brewery. And these guys are um, pretty innovative, I think, as as brewers go. But you got to love the title. Even if you, whether you like the beer or not, you got to love the title. So this has a couple things about it that I immediately would not buy this beer for. Mm -hmm. One is, I'm not the biggest fan of wheat beer. Uh, it's it's not that Agreed. I don't really like it. It's just not my favorite style. I'm I'm with you on that. There are some exceptions. There are a few exceptions that are so good. Like um, uh, there's uh, like the um, the uh, uh, Live Oak Hefeweizen. If you're mm -hmm. ever in the Austin area or anywhere in Texas, you can get a Live Oak uh, Hefeweizen. It's it is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and the other side of it is watermelon. Watermelon flavored things. Now, I like watermelon. Yes, me too. But watermelon flavored things I don't generally like. Like the Jolly Rancher candies? Can't stand them. That, yeah. So, like Jolly Rancher, you're going to have a Jolly Rancher, you got to have the sour apple. You know, like that's that's the flavor. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> but uh, this right here, Hell or High Watermelon, is oddly drinkable. Yep. Um, it's it's carbonated it's perfectly, by the way. Pretty refreshing, actually, you know? It's got the exact amount of carbonation that it should have. It's pretty amazing. 
Um, <laughs> it's got the Statue of Liberty sitting on the sitting and chilling on the what is that the Golden Gate yeah, Bridge? The Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. <laughs> Just sitting and chilling, like eating a piece of watermelon. These guys are from Brilliant. San Leandro, California. Yeah, and and I really, I really, I have to say, I really like this. I think it's refreshing. I think it's um, uh, fantastic. It's interesting. It's almost like a cross between if you had a um, if you had a really good uh, 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 well, it's almost like a cross between a seltzer. And a beer, like in mm -hmm. flavor profile. That's interesting to say it's that. Pretty like it's it, they say high watermelon. It's pretty high watermelon in flavor. Like, yeah, like big time. Kind of like a seltzer would be. But it finishes with kind of this nice, slightly bitter beer, mm -hmm. uh, and a little malty kind of. And it's a little bitter, almost like an ESB kind of malty bitter on the end, mm -hmm. uh, which makes it actually incredibly interesting. And even though, like, judging from this this book from its cover, it's probably not something I'd buy. It's pretty darn good. I bought it because of the name. I have to admit, yeah, it, the name was what got awesome. me. I was like, that. I just got to try that. Well, it's the artwork's fantastic. I love the I love the Statue of Liberty just chilling and eating a watermelon. <laughs> there, it's fantastic. Other cigars to watch for, by the way, Romeo and Julieta is opening the Book of Love with a limited edition cigar heading to retailers early next month. I'm surprised mm. they didn't do this in February for Valentine's Day. Right, right. Uh, but the cigars come in a striking box that resembles a book, which is a nod to the literary roots of uh, the Romeo, Romeo and Julieta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's called the Romeo and Julieta Book of Love. They are new Dominican smokes, and they are going to start shipping uh, next week. The cigars were made uh, with all Dominican tobaccos on the inside, a Sumatra seed wrapper from Ecuador. And according to a brand owner, uh, Altadis USA, one tobacco in particular in this cigar stands out. It's the most predominant tobacco in the blend. It's the Dominican Piloto variety from the two regions of uh, yeah. the Dominican Republic that are located right in the heart of the Chibao Valley. And uh, this particular tobacco is really known for having a more intense flavor. So uh, they're intended to be uh, medium to full strength. They come in Toro sizes only, 6 inch by 52, and they're packed in a 10 count, uh, 10 count format. They retail for about $13 each. So that's actually pretty exciting. And for those of you linguists out there, did you know that Romeo y Julieta is Spanish for Romeo and Julieta? Uh, see, that's the type of special extra mile that this show goes to provide you with that kind of scintillating information. No joke is too low. Yeah, yeah. I, no I will just mention because we're low. about we're about to go to uh, <laughs> we're about to go to uh, break here. There was a uh, a particular uh, uh, market radio market that inquired about the show last week. They were interested in uh, in perhaps picking up smoking and toasting. I was very excited about that. The uh, the manager of the uh, station said in his email that his competitor across the street aired a similar show, but he thought it was a little too refined. And I replied to him and said, you will never have to worry about smoking and toast and getting too refined. I'm, we're, have, I'm wearing flip-flops right now. You have our word. <laughs> we are uh, going to take a break. We'll try to refine things a little bit. I at least have my show notes again. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and uh, and we'll be back. We have a lot more to talk about and a lot more to taste. It's smoking and toasting, and we'll be right back. <laughs> That was a big thump. <laughs> Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. These things are delicious. While Ian is pouring our next beer, which is from one of our favorite uh, local breweries, Equal Just Parts. Just so you can hear it. See, I love that sound. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> I love that sound. Um, there have been a lot of changes 
uh, in craft beer over the last 10 years. And a very interesting uh, article on mensjournal.com uh, chronicles what they say are the top 10 changes in craft brewing over the last 10 years. And uh, I want to run a couple of these by you, but first of all, let's let's do some tasting You want to try it first? Love Equal Parts, and this is their Three seashell, three Seashells Summer Pale Ale. These guys are not far from it where we live. It smells really good. Like, this smells like... Beer smells like, like in the summer. Best way, you know, when you walk into the uh, into a brewery and you got that, you have that, that uh, wheat and barley smell. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. This what you're smells talking about. super, super much mm. like that. It's really, mm. really nice. Which, which beers don't always smell like. They always end up with a different thing. But this, wow, not at all what I was expecting. I was expecting oh much more. It tastes exactly yeah, like it smells. I was expecting much more hoppiness, but uh, instead, it tastes just like it smells. No, it's interesting. It's it's. Um, it's malty up front, and then it's I, a little bitter. Almost doesn't strike me as a pale ale. It almost and, strikes me more like a lager. And then it's just a little, in flavor. Yeah, and then it's a little bitter, and then it finishes <laughs> with almost a um, a uh, uh, um, citrusy kind of note. Mm-hmm. Like, it, wow, how crazy cool is this beer? It is very uh, crushable um, in, in its vibe. I'm, I'm going to check and see if it says what the... I'm going is. to buy this. This is on my in, side of town, by the way. This is 6.3%. I know. I love it. And it does not drink that way at all. It drinks more like a 4% to me. It just goes right down. I'm going so to buy smooth. this. And I can imagine, even though it's uh, it's got that bitter and citrus on the on the uh, very end of it, I think it would go well with like the lighter, like a Cameroon or a, yeah. or a Connecticut it's style It's a summer cigar. pale ale. It reminds me, when I lived in Massachusetts, uh, my favorite brewery at that time there was Harpoon. Uh, still love Harpoon beers to this day. Uh, but Harpoon would always release a summer ale. Yeah. And this reminds me a little bit of that. I... I suppose theirs was a pale ale, but I never thought of it that way. Listen, you know? my 100% go-to, like, beer in a can right now for summer, for, like, mm-hmm. if you want to do a crushable beer in a can, like, float down a river beer, aside from the barley wines that I usually drink, <laughs> um, the, uh, the 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 Scout from uh, True Anomaly. Uh, from True Anomaly, yeah. That's, is amazing. It, it is amazing. That's their Mexican lager. It's and their it's Mexican so lager. Good. so good. This is right up there with it right there. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you right now. This is fantastic. Well, so glad you like it. So I want to get, we've got 10 things on this uh, in this article about the biggest changes in craft brewing over the last 10 years. And I want to get into the first one uh, because we've only got a, another couple of moments in this segment. And I know this one's going to take us a while. Um, Ian, the first thing they list here, and I don't know that we're going to agree with this, the biggest cha- one of the biggest changes in the past 10 years in craft beer, they say people stopped caring about corporations buying craft breweries. Not true. Is they, they talk about, you know, People Goose choose Island to ignore the fact that out. they've done it? Yeah. Uh, what they say about it is there was obviously a big outcry. But it's hard to sustain anger forever, and outcry over brewery sales steadily diminished. And then they say, did you know that Sapporo Holdings acquired Stone in 2022? We do know that. We talked about it on the show. And to be honest, I haven't bought, and I love Stone. And I'm I'm not saying I won't buy them. It's not a boycott. Stone, buy your stuff back. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I almost said something. Uh, (laughs) And and, uh, a subsidiary of Kirin, the Japanese beverage behemoth. Bought New Belgium and Bells. Yeah, yeah. And I have not stopped drinking New Belgium. I have to say, I have not stopped drinking yeah, Bells. Yeah, so, like, there's there's a thing. It's that, hard, like, man. But sometimes it's insidious, too, because, like, like Carbach here in Houston was bought by ABM Bev. And then, um, and then, but Carbach is, 
still looked at. Like most people in Houston don't know that, mm-hmm. and some of them don't care. But it's it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. You can't get away from Carbach, and it's it's sold as a Houston local. Right. But with with absolutely no like, hey, this is actually owned by AB and It's sold sold as a Houston local over and over and over again. I am sure that Carbox sales are up from before uh, they were yes. bought by. Anna They're not Bush. getting bought back. And the reason is because they are sold everywhere Bud Light is sold. Yeah, it's like there's so many restaurants. People and I, will buy I, Love Street. I, and I'll be honest, I'll buy Love Street instead of Love, Bud Light. Love Street's a good beer. I'll drink. A but Love they've Street. changed it. It's not as good as it once was. I will tell you this though. Um, I complain at restaurants when they don't also offer something besides macro brew yeah. and carbot. To me, that's just the beverage manager at the restaurant being lazy. Yeah, because- and, and, and I also get a little insulted when the only capitulation to a, a decent beer is Sam Adams, which is a good beer. Yes. But, like, literally that's your only capitulation to, like, everything off of the uh, Silver Star truck or whatever it is. There's been three places I've been in the last couple of weeks that I just had to thank God that they had Scheinerbach. Yeah. You know, uh, at least there was something I could feel good about uh, about drinking. All right, we're going to take a break. We will be right back. We've got more to come, including a little tequila tasting coming up. You are listening to Smoking and Toasting, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And Ian is very intently studying a bottle of tequila right now. What are you looking at? Well, so I was just, I was actually thinking to myself, like, the artwork on this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to print stuff on the back label, don't it's print it in a, slightly, yeah. in a slightly different um tone than the background clearly I mean, clearly on. they owned a restaurant and used to do menus because that's what <laughs> the older i get the more the menu ink color is almost dude, identical to the menu background color I, and dude i, I know i'm old when i'm like can i get some light yeah oh yeah i i, I take, i'm not even embarrassed anymore <sighs> to pull my phone out and put the flashlight app on when i'm at a restaurant i used to be oh that seems so gauche now i don't care i just want to read what's on your damn menu um, so while Ian's opening up the hard-to-read uh, tequila, but it is a beautiful label, uh, I'm going to go over some of these other uh, big changes in craft beer. I didn't get a real good pop on that. Let's see try try that again. That wasn't it's bad. Not, it's not bad. You will notice that I uh, took the time so, yes, to clear so the... So as, uh, as per OSHA requirements, uh, one of the things you did is you cut the paper at the top, and mm-hmm. you probably took... If there was plastic on the top, you there probably was. took it off, because you can get a little plastic cut from That's those. right. You can see the remnants it's of like it those, down there, uh, but yeah, it's, it's like those it's blister out of the packs way where that you, you try to get, get a battery out of or something, Exactly, right? exactly. Um, and, and you can get a very nasty <laughs> cut from that. So uh, And then on top of that, <laughs> you actually cleared the neck of the bottle just right. enough so that when I pour this, I'm not... Prone to spillage, yeah, because we don't want to spill. And that's pretty amazing because that that, that can have some kind of Mm -hmm. environmental effect on our carpet here. And I take care of that. That's something that I do as a public service to the show. It's pretty amazing, yeah. And then I don't have to worry about having a. Work-related injuries like a uh, like a plastic cut or a paper cut from opening a because you know how you know how difficult that can be. So since you poured this, I think I'm going to hold off on the article and let's uh, let's do some tasting because I'm anxious <laughs> to taste this tequila. This is uh, uh, <laughs> so you haven't tasted it before, right? Uh, uh, <clears throat> no, of course not. Why would you think this that is I had? so agave forward, like right off the nose? Yes, agave and vanilla. Definitely get the agave and the and, vanilla, and like yes. a raw yeah. sugar kind of thing going on. It smells really really nice. Yeah, this is a really nice nose on this tequila. Um, yes, 
and I. And this is different. Like having a nose on your tequila is different than having like a beak on your egg. That's yes. very, very, very different. <laughs> you know what's you know what's worse than lobsters on your piano? <laughs> you know this one, right, Terry? What's worse than lobsters on your piano? <laughs> Crabs on your organ. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that. I did that. I, I am in junior high school. But, um, I promise. I promise I am in junior high school. Back to the well, tequila. You know, the truth is, the reason that's hilarious is because that joke has been told so many times, and every time you retell a joke, it gets funnier. You and I are in agreement on this. You know, and so now, in fact, the in worst the 50s, joke is officially in my fifties. I've heard that joke so many times that it's absolutely hilarious. And in fact, the worse the joke is, the funnier it <laughs> the gets funnier in it repeated gets, retellings. Yes. yes, absolutely. But back to this tequila. Speaking of tequila, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh, it's peppery. Oh, the retrohale on this is solid pepper. But boy, there is a and lot it's of vanilla sweet up and, front, and, and this is absolutely. This might be one of my favorite ones we've ever had in here. It's good. It's very easy to drink, and it's good. There is a little bit of heat, so listen, but there's no, like, returning tequila hugs I love to speak of. fresh cracked pepper. Yep. I keep a grinder at the house. It's great. Um, and don't get me wrong, if I can use and I like I like when you, like, you're eating something, and you got a, little, got a little like, chunk of pepper. Chunk of pepper, uh -huh. and you pop it's into it. It's great like, on, like, a salad. This has that fresh cracked pepper taste sure like in the retro hail, mm -hmm. but it comes up front. It comes up front with this caramel and uh, and sugary vanilla molasses and, vanilla. and molasses and, and, and agave just bam right up front and then finishes with this pepper uh, retro hail that is unbelievable. It's really, really good. About a $50 bottle. I love it. It's really, really like, good. Like, this is one I will buy, like, almost immediately. Siempre. It's a beautiful bottle, too. Mm -hmm. um, on the back, in, in letters that you can hardly read, because apparently they're um, artists. You want me to like, hold my phone you know flashlight what, for you? You know what's <laughs> cool? Let's do this in colors that are almost identical. Mm -hmm. It says, Que Sienen uh, Con Los Angelitos, which means, um, what? Skinning going, I don't know. I, I, can't say, uh, <laughs> I was going to be very impressed with your uh, Spanish there. <laughs> it means Casey Onion of the Los Angeles. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> it takes little faith to follow. It takes a little faith to follow your dreams and go all or nothing. That's uh, why our passion shines through in every bottle we produce. This is so hard to read. It's crazy. You know, created using. The perfect balance of estate-grown blue Weber agave from right. both highlands of Los Altos and the valley of Vulcan de um, Tequila. And that, that's Spanish for Vulcan of Tequila. Mm -hmm. um, ultra care, traditionally made in a small Mexican town named Tequila. Uh, you know, Vulcan of Tequila, uh, I believe that's... That's what uh, Spock's father was referred to as on Star Trek, was the oh, Vulcan of yeah, Tequila. Yeah. I would have been disappointed if, if I didn't hear a Spock joke. Okay, good. You got one. You got one. So, uh, no, this is really, really good, Ian. This is, uh, and, and this I have is the had, Siempre Tequila Añejo, and it is outstanding. I have had a lot of tequilas in my day, and I would put this easily in the upper 3 to 5%. For those of, of you just getting I've to had. know us, when we try tequila, when we taste tequila, when we do this very scientific tasting, um, no salt nor limes are harmed right. during the tasting of said tequila ever. And when I taste tequila, I still see her, you know, on the floor in her sorority t-shirt, same one as 
she wore when we were high in Colorado. This is a blank don't, stare. Don't look at me like you don't know the song Tequila song. by Dan and Shay. You were in a country cover band. You cannot pretend to not know that. You cannot pretend no, to not know that. My best part is how effective my blank stare it was. was. It was good. It was good. You you had me convinced you did not know the song. Yeah. yeah. Like if you could just hear my eye, eyelids blink. Blink, blink. <laughs> what? Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, we're not we're not going to worry the Abilene guy. This is definitely not refined. <laughs> uh, so, Mr. General Manager in Abilene, welcome to welcome to Smoking and Toasting. We welcome are, to, we're so we're glad to have you. Thrilled to be on board. Yes, thank you. Uh, according to this article uh, from uh, Minsjournal.com about the changes in craft beer in the past ten years, you and I had an issue with the first one, which is that people don't care anymore about uh, about corporations buying. Craft breweries. Yeah, I, I think mean, they still do. I Maybe not as much as they do. Not still. as much because it's become so ubiquitous. But I get where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that hazy IPAs have paved a smooth path to success. And what they basically are talking about is that the first trend in IPAs was the clear and bitter West Coast IPA breweries cranking up the bitterness. IPAs the, that bore names like Palette Wrecker and Ruination and drinking them often caused, they say, more pain than pleasure. But IPAs started growing softer and hazier. I mean, you knew you were drinking an Vermont. IPA when you had to drink it with one eye, like, squinting yeah, close. Exactly, like a Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> uh, uh, but Just new, to swallow it. Uh, they mentioned, by the way, that newly opened breweries like Treehouse... Great Notion and Other Half, which is kind of cool that they wound up getting mentioned here, uh-huh. uh, uh, opened and began specializing in hazy IPAs, and customers queued up for it. Hazy IPA, they say, is the flavorful symbol of craft brewing. I think hazy IPA was the savior of IPA because IPA I was totally as right. bitter as you could possibly get with as much of it. And it was like a it. contest to see who could get the most yeah. bitter. You know? Like and and just and palate wrecker was right because it would wreck your palate, you know, and you could only drink more of that, which was kind of you know. I guess what they wanted, yeah. Yeah, like, a, but the, you add the hazy and you get more flavors. The third thing they say is new hop and barley varieties and yeast strains expanded the whole ingredient cupboard. And yes. I think that's totally true. In fact, just some of the crazy hops that have come out and the some of them are so dank and funky yes. and it's it's cool. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want it in every beer, but man, some of the beers I've had with some of these crazy new strains of hops are cool. The third one, and I see this as something I'm sad about. You like it. It's that cans have overtaken glass as craft beer's favored format. Yeah, 100%. Cans I, are better just, in every way. Yeah, yeah, I don't agree. Cans impart less flavor. I don't cans agree. Cans allow absolutely no UV, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? But they don't stay as cold. We'll put it in a koozie. Yeah, I know. I okay, so, so for those of you, anyway, for those of you up north, you it. probably don't really know what a koozie is, or some of you may do, <laughs> may know what a koozie is. Okay, but a koozie is a foam, or uh, some of them are metal, but like there's it's a thing you put around your can to keep it cold. Now, if yeah. you're up north, this might not be an issue, but here's the beautiful thing about a foam koozie: if it's cold outside and you put your beer in a koozie, then your hand doesn't get so cold from when holding on to your beer. cold beer. Okay, that's a good point. So it, it actually works as a hand insulator in both directions. It's a beautiful thing you know my cup of uh, tequila is getting a little warmer i think it may be because it's empty it runneth under it runneth under uh number five on the list is that tap rooms have taken root across the country and this is definitely 
<coughs> excuse me, definitely a change and a positive one. I think it's been one of the best developments in craft brewing in the last 10 years. Listen, man. The, the uh, development of tap rooms. I, I've listened to oldsters, old guys, old people, previous uh, generations talk about when they were kids and they could just go down to the local mm -hmm. and drink the local beers and things like that. Um, and we're talking about really old guys when I was a kid because mm -hmm. that hadn't happened in a while. I love that this is a thing now. You can I do go too. down to your I local totally do. brewery and have beers. And I love that there are breweries that are designed just to be that. And, and when I'm okay. visiting another town, the first thing I want to know is where do the locals go for beer? Where can I go yeah. for local beer? Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Another thing that's on this list is that Belgian beers have essentially fallen Belgian off a, clear, a cliff. In the early days of America's brewed awakening, they say imported beers served as introductions to the world beyond bulk by lagers. In particular, Belgium's dark and malty doubles, strong triples, and Trappist ales were revelations. And uh, today, um, New Belgium, which started uh, in that in that trend, uh, their best-selling uh, stuff is the Voodoo Ranger IPAs. They and, still make and, a Belgian triple, yeah, though. They do. And, and I will tell you, though, that I do enjoy... Those beers, but there was a time when if you wanted to like really step up your beer game, you went and bought a Chimay. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. And Chimay's still very good. It's very good. But there's so many other choices. I think uh, I think they're right in this article that a lot of the Belgian beers have been kind of left in the dust. This by is the why I love True Anomaly Brewing right outside of downtown because mm -hmm. you can walk in there and get three or four different Belgians. Some of them being up to like fourteen percent. And if you go to like Klaus those. Brewing, Klaus. those guys are specializing. in in the Belgian uh, well, strength. they're doing. They do. They. You know what? They don't have any IPAs. Mm -hmm. Klaus Brewing because it's mm -hmm. all German styles. German styles are not IPAs. Interest in wild ales goes mild is the next point. They say most beers are fermented with yeast strains that impart specific aromas and flavors. That's why your favorite beers always taste the same. But what if a beer could taste really different by using wild, at times unpredictable yeast strains like retinomyces, uh, maybe in tandem with souring bacteria, brewers could taste and could create constellations of complexity. And you are seeing a lot more wild ales and you're seeing a lot more um, sort of mainstream craft brewers, if you will, the guys that you know are big on their IPAs and their stouts, yeah, yeah. and their uh, uh, you're seeing them develop a wild ale and put it out. There's more and more of that happening all the time, and I guess we need to start doing more wild ales here. On wild ales are fun. I feel like sour, uh, sour and wild <coughs> beers kind of had a resurgence, and now it's 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 damped down a little bit to where everyone makes a bit of sour, mm -hmm. um, and some some. Like, if you look around you, you're going to have some places that specialize kind of in that mm -hmm. sour. Like, we have a few places around here specializing in juicy IPAs or sour or fruity beers, things like that's nice. Yeah. And the last one I'll mention in this segment, non-alcoholic beers go from nothing to something. I think we're going to have to do a non-alcoholic beer Blind taste test. We have to. I think. I think it's. Uh, it's something we're gonna. We're, we do bottom shelf uh, whiskey blind taste test and non alcoholic beer. I'm not necessarily we can't, looking we can't forward. Do those, like I'm, no one back to back. In, weeks, in between, so. we need to do we like need to have like barley wine blind taste yes, test please. or something. Yeah. All right. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. We're smoking and toasting. Drinking news is still on the way, and we're still gonna tell you uh, uh, about. Uh, uh, some interesting things that are about to happen in a distillery near you. It's smoking and Dustin. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Speaking of fine spirits, have I mentioned, holy 
cow, this tequila is good. Now, I, I, I want to just go back to something here. I want to make sure that we're clear on something. You do know the song Tequila by Dan and Shay, correct? Uh, I don't know. You're not... Oh, you know, uh, we all know that tequila song, yeah. I can do the peewee dance. I can do it. Uh, okay, we're talking about, te- we're drinking tequila, but we're going to talk for a moment about whiskey. In fact, you you and I have been teasing, and we may do this on, we're I trying to whiskey. decide now if this is going to be next week's show, and I think it may be. We're going to do a bottom Man, shelf we can do whiskey it. blind taste test. We're going to try to do this for next week. If not, we'll do it soon, but uh, we're gonna, we're trying to line it up for next week. Just means we have to go buy a lot of cheap whiskeys. So here's an I know, idea. It's going to cost us like almost like a hundred dollars. Well, something. let me give you uh, some some whiskeys. By the way, the hundred dollars is the new twenty. You it totally that, right? is, and I hate this, uh, but yes, it totally is. Going to give you though a list of the best whiskeys under fifty dollars in 2023, and this list comes from Yahoo Finance because. There is a thing apparently called Yahoo Finance. Wait, how many whiskeys now? Who knew? Uh, It's 21. All right, let's do it. All right, so here, let's burn through this list. Uh, Number 21, Bankers Club Blended Scotch Whiskey. Have you had it? it. It's distilled by Laird's Distillery in Scotland, which claims to be one of the oldest whiskey makers in the country. Uh, Number 20, Old Crow Bourbon. Have you had Old Crow? Old Crow's solid. Yeah, uh, it's American whiskey brand. That's that's a real deal. It's not the original uh, uh, recipe, but that's a real deal, man. Number 19, Ancient Age 90. Ancient Age. We had like? that on the show one we time. Did, we and did. We decided and it, as cheap as it is, it ain't bad. It ain't bad. No, especially at its price point. It's yeah. not bad at all. Uh, Cooper's Craft Bourbon. Haven't had it. Brand of whiskey distilled by Brown Foreman, and it's uh, uh, number 18 on the list. Uh, W.L. Weller Antique is number 17. Oh, yeah. Number 16 is Fighting Cock Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Isn't it funny that Fighting Cock... I don't Cock, know that I've ever tried Fighting Cock. Fighting Cock has straight in the title because I can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> Fighting Cock Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, they put it at number 16 on their list. At 15 is Jim... My, my Fighting Cock always goes towards the left. <laughs> How is it hanging? Uh, J.W. Dant Bottled in Bond Bourbon is number 15 on the list. Um, it's another straight Kentucky uh, bourbon produced by Heaven Hill. Noted. Okay. Uh, we're going to have to look for that. I got a bottle of Heaven Hill bottled it, in Bond at the house. It's, it's so good. really good, yeah. Wild Turkey 81 Proof is number 14 on the Ain't list. nothing wrong with Wild Turkey. None of the Wild Turkey. What did you just mention you had it to your house? A Heaven Hill bottled in Bond. Yeah, that's uh, Heaven Hill six-year bottled in Bond is number 13 on the list. Yeah, yeah so they got you covered. I've been at number 12, one. and this is so good, we often go... For the single barrel or uh, or one of the uh, you know slightly more expensive, but just plain old Four Roses yellow label Nothing at number wrong twelve. With that. Not a thing wrong with it. Absolutely, Old Forester eighty six proof is number eleven on the list. Nothing wrong. I'm a big fan of Old Forester. You know that. <laughs> benchmark number eight is tenth on the list. Don't know benchmark. It's distilled by the it. Sazerac Company. I don't remember it. Aged for a minimum of three years. I don't remember trying it. Let me put it that way. Rebel Kentucky straight bourbon at number nine. Don't know. Wild Turkey 101 at number eight. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Jim Beam Black Extra Aged at number seven. Mm, yes, I've had it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very Old Barton 100 at number six. Don't think <coughs> I've had it. 
that is their number six uh, whiskey. And then they refer me to uh, another article for the rest of this. So I have to wait for this. Dang to load. it! I hate it I when, hate they, when do they do that. I know. And then you have to like close you all have these to, like, ads and sign up. All uh, it's it's that's like the, the new worst. modern pop-ups. Remember pop-ups? Oh when yeah, you the worst. Page? The worst. And and now you know what it is. Everybody wants you to download their freaking app. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your app. Yeah. I don't want it unless. It gets me, uh, uh, lets me skip the line at Chick Fil A. Then I'm all about it. There's that. Uh, number five, Buffalo Trace straight bourbon whiskey. Number five on, on the my list. shelf at all times. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a that's a really really good one too. It's a really really good one. Now they're throwing me an ad with every page. Number four, Evan Williams, 1783 small batch. Nothing wrong with Evan Williams. So you're uh, you're a fan. Mm-hmm. Number three. Old Overholt, Bonded Rye. I have had it. I don't remember it being amazing, but I have had it. Number two, Old Granddad, Bottled in Bond. 100%. And their number one, Ezra Brooks Bourbon. Also good, yes. Uh, all right. I would so take the Old Granddad the over the Ezra Brooks personally. Yeah. But I think that's I we're think just I'd, getting a semantics there. I think I'd take the Heaven Hill Bottled in Bond over all of them. We'll be right back with uh, Drinking News, my friends. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Ooh, I love those all things, things that we like. Siempre tequila añejo. Just want to mention this one more time. This is one of the best tequilas we've had on in a very long time. And I got to tell you, the last tequila we had was really good too. So we're on a we're on a really good streak here with tequila. Anchors, uh, anchors uh, beer bottles always feel. Really cool. They feel they like re- I love the shape school. of them. Yes, yeah, they're they very feel old school. Old school and they're very, very old like... school. And I have a soft spot for bottled beer. I really do. It's just a thing. Dude, Anchor is one of the like most amazing companies out there. They've been doing craft beer since before they were craft beer before craft beer was cool. Mm-hmm. They were hundred uh... percent. They were always uh, always pushing a slightly different agenda than. The big brewers were. They I were, absolutely love it. One of those breweries, like when I first started getting into craft beer, uh, there was uh, Sam Adams. Yeah. And and Anchor was one of those outliers that you mm-hmm. pick up. There's also Samuel Smith's was one of those too. Yes, but I now we're talking that, yeah. about an import versus like. Right, versus an American craft. Versus an American yeah. craft. So. I just want to mention, by the way, while you're uh, looking lovingly at that bottle of porter, yeah. which I'm expecting is going to have some chocolate notes. Now that I, we've been sitting with this tequila for a little while, the Siembre. I'm getting chocolate notes in the tequila. The tequila is so good. Yeah. Like like I want to uh I want to this tequila is just I'm going to go buy some. It's amazing. Yeah. So you're going to be buying some of the beer we had and some of the tequila we had on today's show. Man, that second beer, that equal parts. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I love it. What was it called? Seashell? Uh, it was uh, Three Seashells, three I believe. Three Seashells. Is, so is good. I'm looking at the can now. Three Seashells from Equal Parts Brewing. Love that. So good. Love that. So while you are pouring the porter, get it? Pouring the porter. That was a little... Uh, pouring the porter. That's mm-hmm. a little alliteration. A little nice. alliteration for you, yeah. A little uh, alliteration. Well, I, I, I will mention... I alliterated the alliteration. That was nice. That, that's always always nice of you to do. Uh, we will be getting to drink news shortly. And our uh, drinking news teaser headline, as you may have remembered, was answering... You picked that up quick. That was good. Answering the important questions. We may be probing the meaning of life today in drinking news. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Answering questions like why and how come. Mm-hmm. And what for. <laughs> <laughs> and you who's know, that? What, is, didn't you have an uncle that was always going to tell you what's for? 
What for? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what for. Uh, I had an uncle every time he came into town. He's like, I'm gonna buy you a hundred dollars worth of candy. Yeah. And this and this dude, I loved him to death. My uncle Jimmy was a beautiful person, but he'd show up with circus peanuts. <laughs> oh, that's awful. That's just awful. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm gonna be uh, going to your old hometown soon. I'm headed to Liberty for a party. To Liberty for yes. a party? Yeah. I heard about. Can you that. believe there are parties in Liberty? There are parties in Liberty. There apparently yes. are. So you're gonna be out to in the country. Yeah. Big time. I told my wife, you know I love you if I'm going to, to Liberty for, <laughs> there, for, for a party you wanted to go Because at right? least the drive is long but incredibly uninteresting. <laughs> exactly. It's got that going for it. And that's that's Like you're going to be driving beside a railroad track the whole time? Yeah. Dude, I and will... that railroad track may be hidden by some bushes or yeah. some trees. That'll be the exciting part. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll be. I'll have the top down. I will be smoking And then when you get to Liberty, the train's going to come by and you're just going to be stuck at that intersection because <laughs> there's no underpasses. <laughs> We are about to drink some porter here. This is Anchor Brewing's porter, and I just love the simplicity. Like you were talking about how much you love the shape of the bottle. Yeah. I love the simplicity of all of the packaging, the marketing, and the fact that it's just Anchor Brewing Company porter. They didn't have to call it Bob's Special Work Release Day porter or any, anything to, to like dress it up. It's just Here's the deal. Anchor I porter. I can tell you why it's just called porter. Because mm -hmm. this is... You know how sometimes you pick up something that is just the epitome of what it's called? It is the thing that it is named. Yes. Yes. This is exactly porter. It's exactly what porter is supposed to be. This is a dead center. Like, if you want a porter to compare other porters to, mm -hmm. this that's where this is. This is right down the some, middle. Some porters will be more coffee tasting. Some will be more chocolatey. Absolutely. And some but of them this have is right, flavors right in the added. Center. This mm -hmm. is so dead center porter. It's It's a little bitter. Yeah, and, and it's, it's a bitter little in a wonderful, not. wonderful way. And uh, and the retro <laughs> hail on it is coffee, and it's got all those things. But this is literally about the most dead center and beautifully centered porter that I've ever had. So, like, if that if that turns you off, don't let it because this is like like a pinnacle of the style. I love the comedian Jim Gaffigan when he talks about bottled water and people you know buying and paying you know exorbitant prices for water in a bottle and he's like then you have to like kind of justify your purchase and you're drinking it and you're like you know this is more watery than regular water that's right and this is kind of more portery than regular porter. <laughs> right you don't you know have to I mean? add any porter to make this more <laughs> yeah, that's right it's 100 percent. yeah no this is it's this good. is such a good um representation of the style it's just this is what you could literally use as the standard this is the litmus test for porter if you have a friend who's never had a porter this is the one you want to give them because it is this is what porter is about right yeah man i mean it's a little coffee it's a little bitter it's a little sweet it's all <laughs> those things that porter is supposed to be porter is porter is a, a, a style that came from being a stout and being a little bit lighter than a stout mm -hmm. um it's kind of like it's a little bit country and it's a little bit rock and roll that's right <laughs> i know a, you know that song <laughs> Uh, but I know a bunch of our audience is like, what? What? What was that? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Donnie there, and Marie. There was this show when we were young. It was terrible. We, you know. What? What do you mean by terrible? Donnie and Marie, man. My heroes. Hey, they still play in uh, Vegas. Do they really? As yeah. Donnie and Marie together? Well, Marie Osmond. Okay. I know yeah. because I stayed at the uh, Flamingo and they have a giant portrait of her. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure when I was looking out my window, I was looking right out of the boob. Biggest Marie Osmond hit? Paper roses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll see. You learn all kinds of things on smoking and toasting. <laughs> None of them are all that interesting, but you do learn. Uh, no, we do talk about interesting things like porter. This is porter. Yeah, this porter and we do talk about other interesting things. In fact, 
answers to important questions on today's Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now, this music is always played live by. Now it's time yes. for Drinking, never recorded. Mm -hmm. Well, occasionally recorded. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh... Sorry, sometimes when this asked about his absent <laughs> harm, he said, uh... Oh, man, it did it again. Stand by. One more time. When asked about his absent harm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Just so you know, we never pre-record that. No, not ever. <laughs> <laughs> you never would know that, though, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's always, uh... Like we might have pre-recorded all that just to just to make you think that we don't pre-record it, but we didn't. But no, we didn't. By the way, go back to the tequila after you've had some of the porter. I, oh, oh, after the porter, yeah. yeah. Now the tequila smells so good. There's, yeah, I get a little chocolate on the nose too. You know. <clears throat> well, you do that. Let me tell you about today's drinking news story. It in that great. That's why. That's why I stopped drinking news to tell you that this tequila is so good. Today's drinking news story explores an important question. Throughout time, mankind has debated the important issues and the unanswered questions of our species. What exactly is the meaning of life? What is the best way to treat our fellow man? Where does your lap go when you stand up? How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Did some of the customers at Walmart actually even look at what they were wearing in the mirror before they went shopping? I think we know the answer to that one. How precisely does Carrot Top have a career in comedy? Because <laughs> he works out, man. Why Because he works out. Why does anyone, anywhere, care what Cardi B thinks about anything? And perhaps most importantly, what is... The true meaning of the all-you-can-eat buffet. That is the question being asked by a Florida man. Florida man. A Florida man who took to TikTok after a trip to the endless buffet Wait, at the Golden Corral. Man. And TikTok combined. Yeah. yeah, right. Seems like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> it could be. Well, our Florida man took to TikTok uh, after a trip to the Endless Buffet at the Golden Corral in Orlando. <laughs> Golden Corral, so classy. At MoMotion. <laughs> that's, his, that's his Twitter handle. At MoMotion. At MoMotion. Florida man. At Momotion is apparently a food influencer on TikTok. Oh. <laughs> and using his Florida-powered taste buds. He apparently uh, posted a video which has now been viewed over one million times, showing him... I'm eating my words, right? ...scarfing down several plates of food at the uh, Golden Corral, including burgers, shrimp, pizza, and macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Including burgers, that's plural. Yeah, right, right. Pizza, shrimp, and what? And uh, macaroni and cheese. And macaroni and cheese, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Momotion was apparent or at Momotion. I'm sorry, I don't don't want to forget the at sign. At Momotion was apparently in Orlando for a qualifiers competition for the 2023 Nathan's Famous Fourth of July International Hot Dog Eating Contest. Well. Because of course he was. Florida man. Because Florida. <laughs> in any event, our Florida man caused a commotion at the Golden Corral when an argument broke out between a male and female employee of the restaurant. The male was apparently insisting that Florida man could not be allowed to eat anymore, despite the buffet being marketed as endless, while the woman argued that it was perfectly fine for him to continue his assault on the available food type items. Uh, the male employee. Hey could... man, sometimes you eat the bear. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes the, the bear, bear eat you. <laughs> you just gotta learn that at a buffet, right? <laughs> the male employee comment. Uh, the male employee contended rather <clears throat> that over a certain amount, and I'm quoting here, over a certain amount of food, he shouldn't be allowed to eat no more. End quote. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best Florida accent I've ever heard. <laughs> and uh, one commenter uh, to the video pointed out that they'd actually seen customers come into a Golden Corral for lunch and then stay all afternoon before treating themselves to dinner. Many commenters also mentioned that despite their negative experiences <laughs> at Golden Wait, Corral. Slow, slow. <laughs> when you're going to stay at Golden Corral for lunch and dinner, wow, you got nothing to do. Mm -hmm. Get a hobby, people. <laughs> Uh, many commenters also mentioned that despite their negative experiences at Golden Corral or the reputation that they think it has, that the food actually looked pretty appetizing in Atmo Motion's video. Uh, you're making Golden Corral look good, and they should be grateful, one said. They need loyal customers like you for reals. Faux reals. Here at Drinking News, we believe in truth in advertising. If you're marketing your place as having an endless buffet, then it should, in fact, be endless. Endless, yeah. Never mind the question of how healthy or even desirable it is I mean, to stuff I yourself understand. with mashed potatoes and chicken wings. You can put like a two-hour table limit. Like, yeah, I get yeah. that. Yeah. That's a thing. Right. But then you could just move to a different table. Well, I suppose there's that. Yeah, you, could, yeah. you know. Yeah, if, if, you know, if you're stuffing yourself with mashed potatoes and chicken wings, you know, no, no, not saying how healthy or desirable that is. And and let's face it, their pizza's really not all that great. And the cream chip beef, that stuff is disgusting. So, but if you advertise all you can eat and you don't mean it, then your slogan should be something like, all you can eat until we say stop. Or come stuff yourself, For, but a, only with the cheap question. stuff. Why would an employee care? <clears throat> yeah. I don't like, know. is he getting a, a kickback on getting how much food's left over? <laughs> he gets a bonus what's, if there's leftover food. What's happening there? Like, why does an employee even care? Yeah, yeah. But so like, I, I'm sorry, but if I work for Golden Corral, mm -hmm. right? Do you think I care how much food you eat? That, that's a great point. It's a great point. I'm putting it out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we do think, though, here at Drinking News, that your slogan, your truth in advertising, it is important. But then again, some advertising slogans are still perhaps true, but they may not have been the best idea. Like convenience store AMPM in, uh, from the West Coast, who used a slogan that said, Imagine more snacks than you can imagine. Or Electrolux vacuum cleaners. Who advertised with the slug we line. suck! Nothing sucks like an Electrolux. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've actually seen the ad. That's beautiful. And then there's the Maria Tash Earring Company, whose advertising slogan actually proclaimed something for every hole. 
Or there's video game maker I Sega. I don't even know what to what to say that. Video game maker Sega once ran there's an a ad. There's a 24-hour news place, I think, that has that something for every old. <laughs> I think you're right uh, about that. That's, that's right up by the freeway. Sega, the video game maker? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they once ran an ad that stated, the more you play with it, the harder it gets. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But my personal Glory favorite. <laughs> My personal favorite belongs to Uzbekistan Airways, and I am not making this up. Okay. Uh, they proudly featured a billboard campaign that had a picture of their aircraft and just two words. Good luck. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't know what to say to that. But back to the Golden Corral. Their whole business model is that people can come there and eat, eat as much of their mass-produced food as they want. You can you... get a steak <coughs> off the yeah. Steak mm -hmm. buffet area. Yeah. If you're going to call it, if you're going to put a limit on it, you can't call it endless, right? You know, at least when Michelob Ultra says it's only worth it if you enjoy it, they've actually got a point. I don't, so it's not. Reporting live from the Golden Corral, where I've made a firsthand observation. You know those plexicard, plexiglass sneeze guards they put above the food? Yeah. Those things work. My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. I'm sorry, I did that wrong. See, you have me so flustered. Yeah. Drinking news, <laughs> drinking news. And that's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the drinking news for the ages right there. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. we. Uh, I mean, there's not much we can do after that drinking news. Any drinking news that happens at Golden Corral is going to be a good story, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, listen, we're almost done with the show here. Uh, you want to uh, go get something to eat? Golden Corral? We can get Golden Corral. Yeah. You can eat five steaks. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're going to take you that long to chew. Yeah. Who are the people who go to Golden Corral and actually eat the salad, though? I mean, seriously. And they have a full salad bar. They do. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Uh, one of the best shows, one of the best King's Act shows I've ever seen. They are still, I mean, and he's like almost 70, you know? And he is just rocking it. When I moved into Houston. Not an uh, ounce of fat on his body. The either. band that I was playing in had a rehearsal room directly across the hall from King's X rehearsal. Oh, wow. Room. I bet that was cool. And I used to hear them practicing all the time. And I always loved King's X. Mm -hmm. Such a good band. King's X is one of those bands that's like the musician's band. Like right. when you show totally. up, when you show up to a King's X show, there are probably more musicians in the audience in the, than there right. are <laughs> totally musicians. Right. You're totally right about that. And, totally uh, and they're so that. good. They're so good. Speaking of so good, this tequila gets better and better the more you drink it. And when you go back and forth between this Anchor Porter goes and the well tequila, the oh my goodness, it adds it works almost great. a coconutty flavor it to does, the porter. It does, a coconutty chocolatey flavor to the whole thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really, really wonderful. I'm for it. We would like to say congratulations to our good friends at No Label Brewing in Katy, Texas. I love those guys. They make great beers. We've uh, been out there. We've actually done the show Earlier from No Label Earlier in the show, before. I mentioned that uh, the, one of the best Hefeweizens out there was the uh, Live Oak Hefeweizen. Mm -hmm. The other one is No Label. It's called mm -hmm. El Jefe. It's unbelievable. Well, No Label, just uh, the brewing company, just landed 11 Crushy Marketing Awards. The Crushy is a craft beer marketing award and no label landed 11 of holy them. cow uh, one of them was for their <laughs> they they actually released a limited edition malt liquor 
and they uh, they did the. I'm going to show you in the picture here, but you can look this up. It's from an article in the Houston Chronicle. But the uh, they did the <laughs> old the, the old Katie this 800. Old Katie 800 it looks just yeah. like old E. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. just like old English. Yeah, it really. But they've always been incredibly creative with their can labels. Now, I don't know if their, you remember. Remember when we did our uh, um, our um, our. Uh, What's it called? Blind taste test. Our blind taste test. Yeah. Or the our no no our uh, uh, our taste test for the um, the uh, malt liquors, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, but when I brought out the old English, I actually have an old English, and it's for a forty ounce bottle yeah. of koozie. I think old I English was where I I waved the white flag, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that was the you one. We're like, okay, I give that was up. The one that took me over the edge. But they're not so good. Yeah, they're really not. But that's amazing. They they, but, they reproduced yeah. the old English label. Uh, they won a Golden Crushy Award for things like the best can design uh, on an eight to fifteen ounce can for the Mind Your Own Business Sour IPA. Yes. Uh, they won best uh, can design on eight to fifteen. 18 to a global crushy for the Cali Boy West Coast IPA. You've, that Cali Boy label that. is so yeah, fun. It's yes. so cool. And uh, they also got best tap tasting room experience slash creative brewery mural or installation for their rail line label wall by artist Chris yes, Hernandez. Yes, So yeah. all the way down that wall, mm -hmm. uh, right along the railroad tracks there is, mm -hmm. is uh, done up. Yep. Um, and they got uh, a, a, goal, a global crush for best brand identity slash unique logo design for their year 12 logo. Nice. And uh, so these guys are great. If you have not, if, if you are shopping somewhere that has their uh, beers Any displayed, the no label stuff, you can yeah. stand and like check out their beer can labels for a long time. Mm -hmm. For a company called No Label, they have some of the best labels they have I've ever seen. They have some of the seen. best labels there yeah. are. Yeah, they really are. They're, they're very, very cool. And the artwork, when you see people on the labels, those are actually people, not necessarily people that work there, but people that they know from their tap room and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. They had an mm -hmm. uh, IPA called Kev's Mom, right? Yeah. Kevin's Mom. And it was, it was a, <laughs> a picture of Kevin's Mom. Some yeah, dude that hangs yes, out there. Exactly. It's, it's <laughs> very cool. Brilliant. I, I love those guys i love i love their beer but mostly i love the current owners they're not the people who started the brewery they bought it and and they they kind of alluded when we were talking to them to the fact that they wouldn't necessarily have chosen the name no label because they <laughs> like doing cool stuff on their labels yeah. and stuff and it kind of flies in the face of that but it has not seemed to stop them or slow them down they are one no, of but the, there's a beautiful one of the locals the we're very proud of you have no label but your labels are the best and you were mentioning Hefeweizen earlier. They're uh, El Jefe, mm -hmm. Hefeweizen, probably one of the better Hefeweizens That's what I'm saying. Like, there are two had. Hefeweizens out there that are the most amazing ones I've ever had, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's, that's No Label and, and uh, Live Oak. All right, so at the risk of this doing what happened to me with Skelly, where I talked it up so much that it's now twice as expensive as it used to be and harder I'm to find. I'm going to buy that. This is so good. Siempre. Uh, tequila añejo, and now I'm I'm anxious to try their uh, their reposado and, and some of the. I'm putting others. my glass right next to yours so there's no spillage between them. That's uh, that's good to know, and I'm pouring you more of this because uh, because you're because a friend you and I like you. Me. Because if I didn't, if I didn't like you, like I don't, I, I like you a lot. I'm not sure I like Terry, our, our engineer, enough to uh, to fill his. I'm not really sure. I'm Wait, we've only known him for like now. a couple yeah, months yeah, now, he right? Seems like a nice enough guy, but uh, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, but I'm just going to tell you, this is absolutely worth the $50. On we're a, raving about it. If we're going to price to quality this, I'm going to give it a 7. 
It's pretty amazing. <clears throat> Not that I want them to up their price, and I know they're going to, but uh, as for right now, I'm 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 loving it. I'm, it's like McDonald's, man. Da, 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 da. I'm loving it. Uh, it has been a fun show today. Thank you very much. We're going to try our best to bring you the bottom shelf whiskey blind taste test next week. Man, if it doesn't happen next week, it will happen a week soon after. All right. And have a wonderful week, everybody. Uh, Terry, thanks very much. Great show. Ian, my friend. And uh, all of you out there, thank you for checking out Smoking. And toasted. I was trying to get to the end of the show before I had to do that. It did not work. Hey, man. Um, Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all.